Welcome to New Frames for New Vision, Project of Arpidemia. This is Saratova Beth. We are going to speak about America. Is America different or the same as every other place? And we're going to take a slightly cabalistic view at this. We're not just going to ask, this is not a political question. This is not a social question. This is a cabalistic question. Is America different? from every other place. And why would, you know, in what? How cabalistically? You know, isn't cabalist thought from thousands of years ago, was there an America then? So here's, here's, here's the point that we're bringing out. Um, we're, in, we're in the days, we're in, in the Hebrew month of Adar, and on the ninth day of the month of Adar, many years ago, in the year 1940, a very great rabbi, came to America from Europe, from war-torn Europe, managed to escape, more or less, on the last ship that was coming out, and came to America. And when he came, he had a vision. He said, I came from a place where there was great truth. You know how today everybody speaks about speaking your truth, whatever your truth is. He essentially said, his name was the, the Rebbe Rayat, the sixth Lubavitcher Rebbe. And he arrived in New York, and he said, I've come from a place of great truth. Because there was tremendous, for, for almost 3,000 years, there was a tremendous proliferation of truth through the study, the learning of the Torah, which is the blueprint of creation. Not only a moral code, but the blueprint of creation. And that blueprint of creation, the Torah, which is really for all of mankind, which mostly the Jewish people were learning, that blueprint of truth really enables us to tune into the deepest truth. In a world which, according to which Kabbalistically is called Alma de Shikra, the world is called the world of lies. Not really because everybody lies. Not everybody lies. There's some really... There's some very honest people in the world. But I'll take you back one more step. When God first created the world, all there was was him in his most expansive self, called our insight, infinite light. And everywhere you could look, if there was a you, which there wasn't yet, all you would see would be infinite light. God was fully manifest. In all of, in all of existence. And there was nothing but. Nothing other than. And yet at some point, he, so to speak, decided that he wants to create a world. And this world, which is called Elam, Olam in Hebrew, from the word Helam, concealment. This world, by definition, think about it yourself. If you are everything and you are everywhere, and you want to create something, a world, in which that, 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 that there's room for, you need to kind of step back. Right? You know, let's just say this. Um, some very quiet people are all sitting around at a party, and then the big, fancy, you know, charismatic movie star type of person, who's a big comedian and entertainer, walks into the party, 
all of a sudden nobody nobody else is visible, kind of. Nobody else every, he because he takes he's the big you know, and everybody wants to hear all his jokes and all his entertainment and all his charisma just takes over. And you really don't even remember if somebody if, if somebody asks you later, so who was at the party, you won't even remember because he was the whole thing. This entertainer was the whole thing. He just he just over overshadowed or or rather over you know lit everybody else. His light was so much greater than everybody else's. Everybody else's pale. So again, God is not egotistical. God forbid, he's not an entertainer. But when he was just himself in the world, he realized that in order to create a world, he really has to what's called contract himself and conceal himself so that the world would be visible and it wouldn't keep melting into oblivion and be pale in comparison to his life. So he created this world. And therefore it's called Alma de Shikra, the world of lies, because he creates it so effectively and he does it on purpose so that those creations in the world should actually not feel his presence. That's how well he concealed himself. Olam from the word Helen, concealment. He conceals himself so well in the world that you don't actually, it's really hard to see him. And in fact, it's very easy to even not believe that he exists. That's how good a job he does. And guess what? So the main conversation in this world that he created is there's no God, right? Because he hid himself so much that you can't see him, so you think there's no God. So that's a lie. It's not true that there's no God because the the real truth is it's what's called Ein Od Milvado. There is nothing other than God. He just, he just, there's him in a costume, there's him as he is openly revealed above the world, and there is him as he is concealed, but it's still all him. And he conceals himself in billions and billions and billions and billions of different ways, infinite ways. The way he conceals himself in a trampoline is different from the way he conceals himself in a in an airplane. But they're both him. He's in there. So the fact that they feel the, the trampoline, the airplane, the this, the that, all sort of give out this this message, subtle or not so subtle, that there's really no God. That's a lie. And he contracts and conceals himself so that there should be room for that lie. Now, obviously, so that within that lie, we have a yearning to seek the truth until we find him and reveal him in the place where he's concealed. Okay, so in future classes we'll explain, so why would God do that, etc. Again, I mean, and very simple, why would he do that? Just make it obvious. He doesn't want to make it obvious because he wants that his existence, his presence in this world through, should be through our effort not through his. He wants us to be equal co-creators and in partners in creation. He wants us to be co-creators. And co-creators means that he has to be concealed and we have to look for him and reveal him in his fullest sense in this world where normally you wouldn't see him. And that makes us co-creators. And that gives us ultimate, incredible 
deeply satisfying power, holy power, and a deeply satisfying sense of 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 of, of uh, accomplishment. And it's really the only thing that can ever satisfy a human being. It's feeling that we've done an actual, true co-creation with God. The only thing that ever will work in the end and, and, and be sustainable. It's the only thing. In the end, all of the things that we do to entertain ourselves and feel that we've accomplished will burn out, except for this. He knows. He created us. He knows our psyche. And he created us in perfection to want to do the one and only job that will give us our deepest, most ultimate satisfaction. Okay, great. So now, that was a heavy piece of... Okay, so now, now that we have that sort of hopefully understood, so here we've been living in a world, Al-Nadashikra, the world of concealment, let's call it, or really literally the world of lies, for all of history, except that God put his Torah into the world to reveal the truth. When you study Torah, you experience, you're really touching the deepest truth. It's deeply satisfying and deeply exciting. So there in Europe, and so when the Torah was given some 3,000 years ago, that truth began to really emerge in the world. And the more we studied it, the more the truth was there. And so in Europe and Asia, in the land of Israel and, and, and then in ancient Babylonia and those places, Torah was studied all the time by the Jewish people. And this truth was being proliferated. And it was balancing out the concealment. Because the concealment is, uh, you know, not, not simple, not, not fun. It can, we can have fake fun, but the concealment makes life hard when you don't see God. So, we're back to our story about the ninth day of the month of Adar. So here this very holy rabbi came from war-torn Europe, from a great um, center of Torah scholarship. Three, almost 3,000 years of Torah being learned, proliferated, expanded, infinitely, learning and learning and learning and, and tremendous Torah scholarship, which brought a huge amount of truth into the world, which, sorry to say, didn't make the enemies of the Jewish people like them any anymore, actually. Like, you know, in a world where everybody's worshiping, worshiping lies and concealment, nobody really likes the people who are standing for truth. Until Messianic times, when everybody will want truth. So here, again, so here, now, this giant yeshiva, we call it, this giant center of Torah learning in Europe and Asia, your Asia, that went on for 3,000 years, unfortunately, unfortunately, in the most brutal, horrific, unspeakable way through the Holocaust, was coming to an end. And the year is 1940. And it's in the middle of the Holocaust. And the Rebbe Rayat, the sixth Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Moses of our generation, comes over to 
America and lands in New York. And New York, America was known as uh, really the land of lies. All the people, all the Jewish people who, many of the Jewish people who were studying Torah intensely in Europe, when they came over here, they just kind of got swallowed up into the American melting pot. And they also bought into the Hollywood stuff. Some. Or rather, let's say that America really was vaudeville, Hollywood. What's it? Not exactly a place of truth. We know what's what's wrong with vaudeville and Hollywood. It's really the world of lies. It's really, you know, the movie star that smiles all the time and has a million-dollar smile and she really is a billionaire because of her smile is usually a manic depressive and on heavy, heavy, a heavy drug, drug user. Because in Hollywood, you look one way and you are another way. And Hollywood's sort of the representative of a world in which it looks one way, but it's really another way. The truth is is different from the way it looks. That's called the world of lies. So when the when the Lubavitcher Rebbe came here, people met him at the port, and they brought him to the place where he would be staying, and he shared with them his vision that he was going to make America, which was a total wasteland spiritually. Again, it was a total wasteland spiritually. We said it's a Hollywood place. It's a vaudeville place. He was going to make this into a Torah center, a center of truth, even more powerfully than the one he just came from. And some people said to him, Reza, you're probably not aware, but America's a spiritual wasteland. There's no way that you can get truth to grow and take root in America. America's Hollywood. Not a place of truth. It never will be a tr- place of truth. It's not a place that you can, that, that people can, can study the Torah and study deep truth. It's not a place. It doesn't work over here. Welcome to Hollywood. Nobody cares about truth. They worship lies. And at that moment, the Lubavitcher Rebbe said, America is not different. America is not different. Meaning, If Europe and Asia, the land of Israel, Babylonia, all of Europe, are places where Torah can be proliferated and truth can be proliferated and expanded, so can America. He was saying to them, your vision of America is very short-sighted. You're looking at it externally. You're saying America's Hollywood, never going to work here. He's saying, remember. When we look through the eyes of Torah, we see God's deeper plan. We don't just see the things on the surface. We see what's really happening. We see truth. We see the world speaking its truth. 
And when the world and the world's desire, even though it's acting like it just wants to, you know, proliferate a bunch of lies and a bunch of evil and a bunch of ugly behavior and a bunch of Hollywood stuff, but inside the very depths of this world that God, the same God Almighty, who created the world, he has a master plan. He always has had a master plan, and he envisioned all of this when he created this world. And one of the plans that he envisioned, that he had in mind when he created this world, was America. And America becoming ultimately, one of the visions that God had when he created this world was this America that would be a Hollywood fake kind of a place, would eventually become a center of the deepest truth and would shine light to the entire world. So America is not different. You're saying that in Europe, people can learn Torah and pursue truth. But in America, they cannot. It's a different place. And he said, no, America is not different. It was also created to be that place of truth. Ultimately, light will shine from America to the entire world. Light of truth. So this is a momentous, this is a very great moment in history. And this happened on the ninth day of Isaiah. Very, very powerful moment in history. The month of Adar, it says, if you want something to grow, you plant it in the month of Adar. A project, a truth, you plant it in the month of Adar. And nine is the number of truth. If you multiply nine times nine times nine or three, you know, whatever you do with nine, it stays nine. Can't be. There's something that nine stands for truth. So this moment of coming to America and revealing that the real truth about America is it wants to shine godly light. It wants to become a place that is here only to reveal what we said at the beginning, there is nothing but God. And even Hollywood which somehow set itself up as the place of lies, maybe even Hollywood will be transformed. And it's interesting that we're seeing now in America, you could either call it an alarming process, or it's either negative or positive, depending which way you look at it, that the America that we know is um, different now. seems to be deteriorating. America, you know, the past few years, America as the superpower seems to not be that anymore. America is going through a huge transition. But remember, and we'll, we'll, we'll sum it up with this point, when the founding fathers came to America, they put on the dollar bill Four words, in God, we trust. Where did they put that? 
on the dollar bill, which became the source of all the lies in America. Dollar bill is the reason, you know, the pursuit of money basically pushed people to propagate greater and greater and greater lies. The holy, you know, that dollar is what kind of, say it simply messed everybody up. Messed up the whole country. That's dollar bills. People will do anything for money. They'll sell their own mother, mother for money. They'll sell their principles. They'll sell their desire to see truth for money. It's unbelievable what people will do with for money. That's America. And yet, we know that ultimately even that dollar bill that is the symbol of America, was it created to bring more lies into the world? No. Because even the founding fathers who came to America wrote the truth on the dollar. In God we trust. Meaning that God Almighty gave them an instinct to declare on every dollar bill that ultimately this place, the American dollar bill, and and the place the place America that it is in, it will ultimately reach its true purpose. It will shed its lies. It will get rid of the lies. The lies will finally explode, like you, as you're seeing them happening, happening in America today. The lies will explode, implode. And what you'll come to is ultimately, even the dollar bill will declare, in God we trust. I don't know if anybody in the world, I never Googled it, <laughs> studied it to find out, if there's any country in the world that has on its currency in God we trust, maybe not. Maybe only in America. Maybe only the American dollar. Harbingers of the words that the Lubavitcher Rebbe would say in 1940, America is not different. This was designed ultimately to be a place of the greatest truth through the way we do business, through the way we live everyday life. Truth will ultimately rise to the surface here. And we, and at that moment he said, and he, by the way, he was in a wheelchair, an older man, and, and had been really physically broken by the KGB in Russia, and he was not physically well, and yet he had a vision of a, of a 21-year-old. He had a vision of a young, vibrant man, because his energy was of a young, vibrant energy, because his vision was the vision of God Almighty, that I am coming here to America to create a revolution. To make America into a place of truth, into a place of Torah, into a place of study of Kabbalistic, Kabbalistic deep truth, 
study of Torah. I am here to make this into that kind of place. And he did. Through his work for 10 years, and then his son-in-law in 1951, 1950, assumed the leadership. And from that moment on, the project has been the goal has been to turn this place, America, into a place that's not only not different from Europe, meaning not only that, yes, you can have Torah learning here, and yes, you can promote truth here, but their their goal was to turn this into a place from which all light, holy light, true light, shines from here out into the entire world to usher in the ultimate redemption, ultimate messianic redemption. So our part in this is to be co-partners in this revolution. Wherever we go, Jew and non-Jew, our task, our great merit to be part of this revolution is to spread truth wherever we are. Because the Torah is for all of mankind. There are 613 commandments for the Jewish people. And there are seven very, very crucial, vital, giant and powerful commandments for the, for every, for, 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 for the non-Jews, for the Gentiles. And we all have our job. Those seven commandments Seven commandments of the uh, for Noah for the sons of Noah B'nai Noah. They were given to the world to be totally transformational. Seven for seventy, seventy nations of the world. Seven commandments to totally turn around the entire world from lies to truth. So when we embrace those and we teach them to all other people in the world. We are partners in that revolution that began on the ninth day of Adar in 1940. That revolution that continues to this day and will continue into messianic times. And we will be able to look back. And as it says, Messiah will thank us for everything that we did to be partners with him in this revolution. He will thank us with spiritual gifts and physical gifts. And we will then have the ultimate ultimate satisfaction of knowing that we were co-partners in this revolution to turn a world of lies into a world of truth. And we're reaching out to God Almighty and saying, God Almighty, we've done our job. Please usher in the ultimate redemption right now. We're ready. And then we will see, and then we will really begin the most exciting part of living life in a world of truth where we can now fly and really be expansive forever. May we find ourselves in that moment immediately now. Thank you.